So in Proverbs 28, this is really cool. You're going to like this, church. Proverbs 28 in verse 20. A faithful man shall abound with blessings, but he that makes haste to be rich shall not be innocent. So what he's talking about here, he's talking about prospering the right way. Prospering the right way. Being hasty to be rich is the wrong way. Being faithful so God can add more to you is the right way. Y'all see that there? A faithful man shall abound with blessings. Let me ask you a question. Is it praying and believing for more prosperity or is it praying and believing to be more faithful that will help us in this financial area? Huh? Is it praying and believing just for more prosperity to come into our lives? Nothing wrong with that. Or at times, is it praying and believing to be more faithful? Lord, help me to understand faithfulness. Help me to be more faithful. Why? Because if we're faithful, God said we'd abound with these things that maybe we've been going after. Reminds me of Matthew 6, and we'll go to that in just a minute. But I want you to see here, a faithful man abounds with blessings. So if we want more prosperity, we need to be very interested in being more faithful and not thinking we know everything about it. Well, Pastor, I'm faithful. Well, the Bible says, you know, people will call themselves faithful, but a faithful man who can find. It's not what we call ourselves. It's really what others are thinking about us that matters. You know what I mean? Sometimes it's good just to ask your best friend or your spouse, hey, um, how am I doing in this faithfulness area? Or how am I doing? Because a lot of times we think we're a certain way, but sometimes we need an outside perspective. So I want you to see here that if we'll work on being more faithful, a lot of maybe the prosperity we've been believing for would abound toward us. So if we really want to abound with blessings, we need to be very interested in faithfulness. And I found out through a little bit of study that one of the best definitions of faithfulness is doing what you're told to do. Not doing what you think should be done, not just being busy, 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 working hard, hard, hard on what you think needs to be done. Real faithfulness is simply doing what you're told to do. What do you mean, Pastor? Well, from the Lord, number one, but he also has people in our lives that we should be looking to and respecting and honoring and making sure, you know, that we're, we're submitting. But really, faithfulness is not just working hard. Faithfulness is not just being super busy. Faithfulness is not just doing a good job at what you're doing. Faithfulness is doing exactly what you're told to do by your superiors. And we know God is the superior, but at the same time, the Bible says we are to submit to certain people in our lives as well and respect them as the Lord's servants to us. And um, so that's my best definition of faithfulness, just doing what you're told. You, you, can't, you can't make up for not doing what you're told to do by working harder and longer. There's no substitute for doing what you're told to do. Well, I work hard and I'm, I'm, I'm doing everything, all this hard work and I'm working my finger to the bone. And you might not even be faithful in the whole process. It depends. Are you doing what you're told to do? See, you have to get in the zone of realizing, you know, I can do my will, I can do somebody else's will, or I can do God's will. 
There's a lot of wills involved. Got to make sure he's number one. So a faithful man shall abound with blessings. So why don't we just pray a prayer right now that the Lord would help us to be more faithful? Because hmm? we're, we're not on our own in anything. You ready to pray? Father, we're asking in the name of Jesus that from this night forward, something would happen in our insides. Something would happen in our soul and in our spirit. Something would trigger, something would manifest that we might from this moment forward understand faithfulness more than we've ever understood it and to live it and to walk it more than we've ever done before. We're asking you for this revelation and for this help, Father. And our confession is you are working in us both to will and to do of your good pleasure. From this night forward, we will be more faithful and we will see more blessings in our lives because this scripture cannot be broken. So just declare this with me. From this night forward, I will be more faithful according to the will of God and I will see more blessings abounding toward me than I've ever seen before. In Jesus' name. See, sometimes we sh we, we're not supposed to just go after what we need. We need to go after what produces what we need. Let me say that again. A lot of times, you don't just want to go after what you need, like, you know, the thing that you need, the substance. We need to go after what leads up to us getting what we need. We need to be very interested in what leads up to prosperity, not just prosperity. Just like in the area of healing, you need to be very interested in what leads up to receiving healing, not just the healing. Because a lot of times there are certain adjustments that have to be made before things can happen in our life. And a lot of it is basically yielding and believing more in God's power to help you do whatever needs to be done. All right. So let me say it again. Is it praying and believing for more prosperity that's the answer? Or is it praying and believing to be more faithful so blessings can abound to us? I like the phrase attracting good success. Success is something we attract by the person we become. You know, there's scriptures all through the... One of the scriptures in Deuteronomy chapter 28, God said, if you'll do what I tell you to do, and you do it with all your heart, all these blessings will overtake you. That doesn't sound like you're going after him. It sounds like you're going after God, and these blessings are coming after you. You like that? Deuteronomy 28? It says, all these blessings shall come on you and overtake you while you're doing what the Lord wants you to do, while he's first in your life. While you're dil diligently seeking him, these things are seeking you. Instead of you seeking the things, you're seeking the Lord and doing his will, and God's seeing to it that you are supernaturally overtaken with the blessings that everybody else is aging prematurely to try to get into their life. So, is it more money that people need, or is it more mercy to be faithful? And you can obtain more mercy by knowing more about it, Believing more in it, yielding more to it. Because I'm going to show you, I'm going to relieve some pressure. Because if you're thinking, oh, I just got to try harder, that's not what I'm talking about tonight. I'm not talking about trying harder. I'm talking about yielding better. Everybody say yield. yield. All right, now, the very nature of the word yield means you're going to have to slow down. All right, you just picture yourself yielding, okay? Usually if you're yielding on the oncoming traffic, you're not, you're not speeding up. You're usually slowing down to see if there's any traffic at all. So let's talk about yielding and looking. 
more than just trying harder. A lot of people, when they hear messages like this, they're going to try harder. Maybe what we need to do is yield better to the help of God that's been with us all along so that we realize we're not on our own. So, look with me in Matthew 6. Say this with me, church. I'm not going to just try harder to be faithful. I'm going to yield more to God's mercy to be faithful. And I'm going to show you a scripture in the New Testament. I'm going to actually show you about five scriptures in the New Testament that show us that we are not on our own in living right. We're not on our own in being more faithful. There is a power. There is a supernatural ability with us 24-7 that if we'll yield more to that instead of just try harder to do, we'll see more results than we could ever see trying harder. I really believe one of the greatest efforts in our life is the effort of knowing and believing that he's with us and he's empowered us and his grace is sufficient. Yielding is way more profitable than trying. Hmm? All right, so look here in Matthew 6, verse 33. I wanted to talk just for a few minutes tonight about qualifying for more. And we're going to tie this into yielding more to the grace of God to help us to qualify as opposed to just trying harder. So Jesus said, But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Well, we know the Lord's not against things because he said he wants to add them to us. He's not against his people having things. He's against people letting those things control them their mood, their actions, their spending habits. Nothing wrong with having things, but it is something very wrong with things having you. Are you allowing them to have you? You got it, you're happy. You don't got it, you're bummed out. What's that? That's called an idol. Right? When the Lord sees that the things of this world don't mean that much to us, he can add more of them to us. When he sees we're not going to get all moody, when things come and things go, we go up, we go down. When he sees we've overcome that, he can add more things to us. It's very difficult, I believe, for the Lord to add something to us he knows is going to slowly pull us away from his perfect will. I think it's very difficult for the Lord to add things to us or to just do whatever and, and turn up certain abilities where more prosperity can come to us. It's very difficult for the Lord to do that if he knows we're going to love that thing he blesses us with more than the one who gave it to us. It actually gets into idol worship. If something controls your moods and something controls your attitude, that thing is like a God in your life. The one who should be controlling our attitude is Jesus, right? We think idol worship is, you know, you got, you got the statue over here and incense over here and, a, you know, candles and all this stuff, herbs or whatever. We, we look, oh, man, idol worship. I can't believe they got a, like, look through the window, man, they're, they're worshiping an idol. That's, that's not fully what idol worship is. Idol worship is putting something in your life or letting something control you where only Jesus has that place. Your moods, your joy levels, your decisions, your spending habits. All right. Um, read it again. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Now, I just wanted to say that if you want to qualify for this, you've got to do what the verse said. 
All right, so here, here's what it didn't say. It didn't say, seek ye the kingdom of God, and all these things shall be added unto you. There's a zillion people, right, that are seeking God, but they're not seeking him first. They seek him when they have time. They seek him on every day except their birthday. They seek him if it's convenient. They seek him if it doesn't hurt too bad. Well, that's not called seeking first. That's called seeking him according to our agenda. So you can seek God. I like to put it like this. God can be in your life, but that doesn't mean he's first in your life. And this scripture is emphasizing first. I know we come back to this a lot because I really believe this is a huge, huge core reason why a lot of people aren't prospering and those that are doing it, why they are prospering. You can't get through prayer. You can't get through counseling. What only you seeking first the kingdom of God and his righteousness can bring you. You cannot get through other means what only putting God first will give you. And this is something you have to ask yourself because your schedule is different than mine. Your calling is different than mine. Your, your putting God first may look a little different than mine putting God first. I don't know. That's between you and the Lord. But don't, don't you want to know? I mean, don't you want to know that every day of your life, he's first. He's first. Not just, yeah, I have God in my life. Great. But is he first in your life? Hmm? Is he like always on your mind? Is he like... I know when it comes to finances, I know when it comes to increase, I've had to check myself on this all the time. Just because you're right one day doesn't mean you'll be right the next day. All kinds of stuff's going to try to pollute you. You understand that? The pollutions of the world are going to try to come in and mess you up. But I know in the finance area, when I start thinking about increase coming into my life, there's been times that I have not thought of God first. I've thought of what I want first. Oh, we'll be able to do this. We'll be able to do that. And oh, man, we can get this. Oh, yeah, and of course we'll tithe. Well, that's not God first. We have, I don't know what it takes to get there for you. I know what it takes to get there for me. But we need to get to the place where when things like that, we're thinking about things coming into our life or increase, the first things we need to be thinking about is 10% to God. Offerings. I'm going to bless, I get to bless the work of the Lord more. When that's real, when that's really your heart's desire, I believe we qualify for more increase in this financial area. And I don't know what you have to do to get there. I know what i got to do to get there and stay there. But whatever it is, I'm telling you guys, it's worth it. And it's all a faith issue. So many people make it a money issue. Well, I just don't have enough money to tithe, and I just don't have enough money to give offerings. Really, I think the way it should be said is maybe it should be like, I don't have enough faith to believe that if I do tithe, God will take care of me. See, I think it's more of a faith issue than a money issue. Not for everybody. That you, this between you and the Lord, but I know for me at times it's been more of a money issue than a faith issue. Because, and you don't want to go beyond your proportion of faith. No. You know, you don't want to get out there into a zone that you really don't have faith. You're more presumptuous than you are in faith. But you can grow in faith too. I mean, I, I know where my limits are in faith. I know, because faith is real stuff. I mean, you can have so many faith projects going that you just can't, you can't release one more speck of faith for somebody else's project because you're loaded down. If faith's real to you, at times that'll happen. Now, faith is just like a lucky rabbit's foot or something, which isn't faith at all. You'll think, oh, you can, I just believe for everything. I'll pray for you, I'll pray for you, I can do this, I can do that. Not really. 
You can hope, wish, and want, but when it comes to faith, that's real stuff. And you can go beyond your faith. You can get to a point where it's no longer faith, now it's pretend, mm -hmm. hope, wish, not real faith. Well, this is one of my favorite scriptures, so I just want to encourage you. Let's just, let's pray another prayer. Are you ready? About this verse right here. Say this. Heavenly Father, open my eyes. Show me what it means in my individual life to seek you first. To have you first in every area of my life. Point things out. Quicken me. Reveal to me anything I need to see to make any adjustments necessary to put you first. Thank you for it, Lord. Amen. All right, turn to another scripture in Hebrews 11, talking about qualifying for more, and we're not on our own in this. Remember, when you hear something else you need to do, just remember there's more grace to do it. Whew, that's good preaching. Hebrews 11 and verse 6. Everybody say this. I, by the grace of God, am qualifying for more. Hebrews 11 and verse 6. But without faith, it is impossible to please God. For he that comes to God must believe that he is... And you must believe that he is a rewarder of them that seek him. I missed a real important word on purpose. Well, I seek the Lord doesn't mean you qualify. Doesn't mean you qualify for the rewards. What's the word? What is it? Someone tell me. God's a rewarder of them that diligently seek. It seems God wants to be first in our lives. Doesn't it seem like that? You know why he does? Because he can bless you way more than you can bless yourself with your right. brains and your talents and your PhDs. Yep. He can bless you way more than you can bless yourself. And if he's not asking, he didn't say, seek ye only the kingdom of God. He knows you have other things to do. You've got families to take care of. You've got businesses to take care of. He said, seek ye first. See, the, the, two, the two ditches are this. Well, I'm seeking the Lord, and I'm expecting the blessings of seeking Him first. Well, that don't work. But then we got people over here saying, I'm seeking only, and that's another. God's reasonable. I said, God's reasonable. He knows you have other things going on in your life. He knows you can't read the Bible 24-7, every day, every week, eight days a week, right? <laughs> 35 days a month, 13 months a year. He knows you can't do that. He's reasonable. But he does want to be first. And the reason he wants to be first is so he can be your senior partner. Any area God's first in, he is now your senior partner in that area. And now your weaknesses become his concern. Now your debts become his concern. And he is well able to take care of all of it. Because you made him your senior partner, he now has a legal right to help you in those areas that you're trying to help yourself. I think having God's help, God helping you takes the stress out of prospering. There's a lot of people prospering physically, financially, but you can see it on their face. 
You can see it in their family. You can see it in their health at times. I mean, what does it profit a man if he gained the whole world and die young? <laughs> Holes in their stomach. Wear out, age prematurely. But the blessing of the Lord makes rich, the Bible says, and he adds no sorrow with it. Awesome. I know we'd all like to see the prosperity and the increase without these scriptures, but I don't think it's possible. And really, if, if, you, if we really knew what putting God first was all about experientially, we would have wished we would have started it the minute we understood anything. Because on this side of it, for a lot of people, it's like it looks like, oh, it seems like so much of a change to my lifestyle, and I've got to adjust so many things. Maybe. Maybe not as much as you think. But you'll be glad you did. So God's a rewarder of them that diligently seeking him. So seeking the Lord must not be the same as diligently seeking him, or he wouldn't use the word diligently. He would just say, He's a rewarder of them that seek him. This answers a lot of questions. Why people are not seeing the rewards, all good things added to them, and they're saying, but I go to church and I read my Bible and I'm seeking the Lord. Maybe so, but these scriptures didn't say seek the Lord. It said seek him first and seek him diligently. Maybe we should go to the dictionary and look up the word first and look up the word diligently and write it down and make sure we understand what it is. Look at uh, Numbers 32. Numbers 32. We're talking about qualifying for more. And we're going to talk at the very end here about qualifying with the help of God, more about yielding than just trying harder. All right, and we'll, we'll connect that here at the end. Numbers 32. And let's look at verse 11 and 12. This is the Lord talking. And he said, Surely none of the men that came up out of Egypt from 20 years old and upward shall see the land which I swore unto Abraham, unto Isaac, and unto Jacob, because they have not wholly followed him. Now, they followed him. They followed him out of Egypt. They followed him through the wilderness. But they didn't wholly follow the Lord. Can you follow the Lord and not qualify for the blessings of wholly following the Lord? Look at the next verse. Okay, these people didn't make it except Caleb, the son of Jephthah, the Kenizzite, and Joshua, the son of Nun, for they have wholly followed the Lord. So they got to go into the promised land. They didn't get destroyed in the wilderness because they wholly followed the Lord. What's the difference? Well, you're going to have to find that out specifically with the Lord. I mean, you can find certain scriptures. I could preach a few things, but when it comes right down to it, you're going to know in your heart. And again, God's not unreasonable. It's very, very possible, and I have to go and say it's not really that hard to wholly follow the Lord. It just calls for some faith to make some decisions, to switch some priorities, and believe that God's way is the best way. Really, a lot of the stuff people are doing is actually killing them anyway, slowly. They're stressing out. They're developing problems in their body because they're doing a ton of stuff the Lord never authorized them to do and a ton of stuff on their own without the blessing of the Lord. 
and they're, they're, they're dying slowly because the human body cannot take certain stress that long and certain, a little bit of stress is fine. I mean, you never grow if your muscles aren't stressed, right? But it can get out of bounds. And a lot of people, it would revolutionize their health if they just wholly follow the Lord, which would require cutting off some other things they thought were important. I love what Joseph Morris said. Don't just try to fit church in your life. Church should be your life. Not one amen. Awesome. <laughs> I mean, that's a good word. And I, I know a lot of people, I've said this before, but, um, and I remember one time saying this, and somebody got really mad at me. But it's midweek meet, so I can say it. You won't get mad at me, right, church? But, I mean, when it comes to personal testimony, you only got what you got. You know, I, I like sharing other people's stories and testimonies, and, but when, when you got something yourself, at times the Lord requires you to share it. And I remember one time we were teaching on the local church and talking about emphasizing the importance of the local church, because a lot of people think the local church is no big deal. I'm a part of the church, you know, and it doesn't matter, church. You know, I'm, local church is very important. All the letters in the New Testament were written to local churches. Jesus has seven messages for seven specific local churches. So local churches are very important. They're pieces of the entire church. And I remember I was firing away at it, and I was, I was telling the t my testimony about how the Lord has blessed us with, with our kids, with our grandkids, getting through stuff, overcoming stuff, marriage stuff, finances, the church, where we came from. I just remember started listing all these blessings, and I realized that one of the number one reasons the Lord has blessed us so much, and we're talking about an ex-rock and roller drug addict headed to Hollywood to make it big. Carla, a little farm girl from Nebraska, and we met, and then I turned her into a rock and roll chick. But guys, you just stand up or something. That was funny. <laughs> Anyway, so I'm talking, I'm talking about, you know, how, how we got all these blessings. The Lord made it very clear. He said, son, tell the people it's because you are wrapped up, tied up, and tangled all up in the local church, my body, my son's body. You know, most people thought I was going to say, the reason we have all these blessings is because we're so wrapped up and tied up and tangled all up in Jesus. But that wasn't specific enough. The Holy Spirit said, no, people will use that as a cop-out not to go to church. How do you know if you're wrapped up, tied up, and tangled all up in Jesus? You're wrapped up, tied up, and tangled up in his body in the earth, which is the church, is his body. And ever since I got saved and ever since Carl and I got married, the church was never a part of our life. Before I was a pastor, before I was on staff, before I was a praise and worship leader, it was never a part of our life. It was our life. Our kids' schedules and their soccer games and their plays and had to conform to where it didn't bump church services we knew they were supposed to be in. And we're looking back now. We could have had fun with them at the soccer game and maybe lost them later on in life and them drifted out in the world, or we could have what we have now. I wouldn't trade what we have now for any soccer game or baseball game or play or school function. Wouldn't trade it for a thing. We would have had a few good times in the natural if we would have yielded more to the secular and to the, you know, the system. But we decided there's nothing. And nobody, it, it wasn't like we tried to do it. We wanted to do it. And the Lord helped us big time. And we are very, very thankful. I mean, all three of our kids work at the church. 
part-time. And hunters working here regularly now, and they want to be here. You want to be here, right? Yeah. Okay, man. <laughs> Don't want no false advertising here. But it, and you guys, we're not anybody special. We're not superior to anybody. We have just learned over 30 years ago that Jesus, the church, and Christianity is not something we're going to do on Sunday only and Wednesday only. It's not just something we're going to do. I mean, I, I told you earlier during announcements, so many people think this is funny, and I'm not saying this to tell anybody to follow us in this. You, you live before the Lord how you're supposed to. But we have never, I have never once even had the thought of missing church because it was my birthday. No. It didn't even cross my mind. Never even once had the thought that we're not going to go to a meeting that just happens to land on our anniversary. Never even crossed our mind. Never even had the slightest inkling, oh, let's just stay home and celebrate Well, there's a church service. Never once. And I'm not saying that to make anybody feel bad who does those things. Maybe your lifestyle and calling is totally open and cool to that. I don't know. But I know with us, it's, it's, we've never seen anything in this world more important than a church service if a church service was going on in our church. I know there's at times other Christian events going on in the valley during church services. Never once been tempted to go. I don't, I don't care where you go. You're, you're the Lord's sheep, but if you do consider yourself part of Faith Heights Church, we expect you to be here when there's a church service. <laughs> and I, I'm, I'm saying that for your own good. Even if the president, who I like, wanted to have a meeting with me on a Sunday, to be honest with you, I'd tell him it wouldn't work till after church. If I have family coming in from out of town, and it happens to be on a Wednesday or Sunday or a Joseph Morris evening or whatever, uh, they're either coming with me or I'll see them right after service. Just the way we've always been. And it's never been hard to, and we've gained a reputation of that now where people know, well, John and Carla go to church. <laughs> They may think it's because we're on salary, but we did this way before we get anything from the church, salary-wise. Yeah. Anytime we're out of town and there's a good church nearby, we go. I like visiting other churches. I like seeing. On our honeymoon, we went to church. Marilyn Hickey's church, Happy Church in Denver. It's now Orchard, Orchard Church, but... I'm saying these things to tell you putting God first works. It does amazing things for your health, your peace of mind, your children if you have any, your family, your marriage. Amazing. Our most awesome, fun family times are in church. Second most awesome is Disneyland. <laughs> Which we will be heading out there with the whole crew here in a couple of weeks, but... Um, number one, church. The worship today, I mean, just looking over and, and seeing Hunter up there and Carla and, and our kids, it, there's nothing like it, man. And don't feel bad, and pastor's not trying to make you feel bad if you're going to miss church for one of the reasons I, I don't miss church for. That's between you and the Lord. I'm just telling you, this has blessed us, this has helped us, and we're very, very, very thankful for everything the Lord showed us. And I'm not saying we're perfect in it. We're always moving higher. But it sure is cool. All right, we got to close here. Look at Deuteronomy chapter one. We got communion to receive here. 
Deuteronomy 1 in verse 35 and 36. It basically says the same thing Numbers says. It says, Surely there shall not one of these men of this evil generation see that good land. How many want to see the good land? Well, we're, we're headed. Which I swore to give unto your fathers. Next verse. Except Caleb. Now he's going to see the good land, the son of Jephthah. He shall see it. And to him will I give the land that he has trodden upon. Now notice, and to his children, because Caleb wholly followed the Lord. Do you realize you're wholly following the Lord? The benefits will come back to your children, yeah. not just you. Amen. Your wholly following the Lord will come on your children. The blessings will come on them. They'll get the blessings simply because they're your children. Now, when they grow up, they'll have to wholly follow the Lord for themselves. But what we do affects our kids way more than we realize. Wholly following the Lord is one of the best things you can do for your children. Um, 1 Timothy 4, verse 15. 1 Timothy 4, 15. We are qualifying for more, church. Now, we, you realize that you might have to, you know, be a little cautious about coming to a Wednesday night service because it's midweek meat. But we need some meat. So 1 Timothy 4.15, New Testament, Paul told Timothy, Timothy, meditate on these things. He's talking about the scriptures, the word of God, prophecies that came on his life, the things of God. Meditate on the things of God. Give yourself wholly to them that your profiting may appear to all. Notice he didn't say give yourself to them. He said give yourself wholly to them that your profiting, which will happen if you're wholly meditating on these things and giving yourself to these things, it'll appear to all. Anybody want the blessings to appear? Yeah. Amen. You want them to go from the legal to the experiential? Yeah. You better like that word holy. That's another word you need to look up. W-H-O-L-L-Y. So before we receive communion, I've got two minutes. Let me just share this with you. I wanted to, to, to say, number one, qualifying for more, here's how you do it. We just read the scriptures that tell how to do it. But before I let you go, I wanted you to have this on your mind so you didn't think it's just about trying harder to seek first, trying harder to seek diligently, trying harder to wholly follow the Lord, trying harder. It's more about yielding better than trying harder. Everybody say yield. Now remember, what is yield? Slow down and look. A lot of people are not appropriating the grace and mercy of God because they don't even see it. They're just blaring down life's road however they want, and mercy and grace is there all along to help them get to where they're supposed to be, and they're not even yielding to it because they're not even looking to it. Huh? Yield is, means slow down and look. If we would slow down and look instead of just go 100 miles an hour trying to do everything on our own power, we'd see way more results because God can help us get things better than we could ever get them ourselves. And when you get them God's way, you're not depressed realizing, oh, I guess things don't make you happy. <laughs> we were just watching the Aladdin movie because it came out on DVD and I liked one of the lines in there. The, the genie said something about, you know, all these people that get the magic lamp, they rub in all they want is all these things, and all they want is all this money. They don't realize that all the money in the world could never satisfy them anyway. I mean, that's good coming from a genie. Yeah. <laughs> that's pretty good for a genie. 
I, I, I kind of like a lot of lines in that movie because they really talk about how nothing in this world can satisfy you. You got to be right on the inside. You got to be right with God, basically. But so I just want to say this in closing. You might want to just jot this down if you want. I'm going to tell you these scriptures, okay? The, we're talking about a, a faithful man abounds with blessings, right? So we can either try harder to be more faithful or we can yield more to the mercy and grace of God that empowers us to be more faithful. There's still effort involved, but it's the effort of yielding and believing. So 1 Corinthians 7.25 says, Paul said, The Lord granted me mercy to be faithful. We all know mercy forgives us for our unfaithfulness, but there's another mercy to help you to be faithful. 1 Corinthians 7.25. What if we slowed down and looked and yielded? Well, we'd see more faithfulness in our life, not because we tried harder, but because we yielded better. The Lord, Paul said, the Lord granted me mercy to be faithful. Wow, Lord, I ask for more mercy to be faithful. It's usually, Lord, forgive me for my unfaithfulness. Have mercy on my stupid decisions. Oh, Lord, give me. How about mercy to be more faithful? All right, think about this. Romans 6, verse 4. Listen, let me tell you what it says. Listen closely. Like as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. I read that and the Lord said, did you see that verse? I said, yeah. He said, did you notice that I'm not expecting you to walk in newness of life without my glory in your life? Huh? Do you see that? Christ, was Christ couldn't raise himself from the dead, and you can't live right on your own either. Christ couldn't raise himself from the dead. The glory of the Father had to go into that cavern of hell and raise him up. Christ couldn't raise himself from the dead, and you and I can't walk in newness of life on our own either. So what do we need to do? We need to slow down and look and realize there's glory, there's grace, and there's power to help me live right. I'm not just going to try harder. I'm going to yield better. Slow down and look. Slow down and look. Come on, like as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even we also are going to walk in newness of life by the glory of the Father. Whoo! Let me read this. Listen, Romans 8, 13. You know what it says? The Bible says, We, through the Spirit, do put to death the deeds of the body, and we live. <coughs> how, do, how, do we do that? how do we say no to these fleshly desires that are trying to destroy us? How do we say no? How do we break habits? Through the Spirit. Slow down. Look and realize the Helper's with you. He's there to help you. Right? He's got a way better vehicle than you got. We, through the Spirit, do mortify the deeds of the body, and we live. All right, one more, two more. Romans 12.1. Remember what Romans 12.1 says? Paul says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, present your body a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. Don't forget the by the mercies of God. That's not just a salutation. Paul is saying the mercy. Remember we talked about Sunday, Father of mercies. Yes. It is of the Lord's mercies that we're not consumed. There's living right mercy. But it don't work for you if you don't look to it and yield to it. You can keep doing things in your own power. Keep trying harder only. But what if you look and yield? What if you look and slow down? And what? Well, you're going to see power helping you do what you're supposed to do instead of you just blazing out there on your own. 
by the mercies of God, present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. You're not on your own in doing this. And don't be conformed to this world. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. All this is way more uh, probable if you slow down and realize there's mercy to help you in this area. It's amazing what just slowing down and yielding and believing will do for your life. Whew, sometimes we're strongest when we're resting. Finally, we all know it, right? Philippians 4.13. I can do all things through Christ, which strengtheneth me. You can do all things and not look and not yield and die young, burn out, leave the earth early. But if you read the last part, through Christ which strengthens me, you take a breath, you yield, you believe, and a power comes on you, and now you realize it's not just you trying harder, it's the Holy Ghost, it's the grace of God, it's the mercy of God, it's the Spirit of God, it's the glory of God working with you to help you do what He told you to do. Woo! Amen. Say, I'm not alone.